Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. What's up, Mike? Hey, Chet, how are you? I'm good. I'm just pretending like I didn't just talk to you two seconds ago. Yeah, I know. I like to do that, too. It's fun to just pretend each time. <laughs> it is. So what's new? Yeah, and for anybody that wants to know what we were just talking about, you can you can actually become a patron of the Dark Art Society if you're not already. And you can head over and listen to the pre-roll, which we do every week. For that is true. People that are at that tier. Nice plug. Five bucks. That's nice, it. A nice. month. Nice plug. Well, you know, you got to rock and roll when 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 you get the feeling, and I got the feeling. <laughs> I'm excited about that Patreon. I can't help it. Me too. Me too. I'm 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 excited about my Patreon. I've been busting my ass trying to make this video and for the launch. Yeah, and it'll be launched tomorrow. by the time that this this oh, episode yeah. airs. It will have been launched so yesterday. So check it out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Check out my Patreon if you haven't checked it out, please. Yeah, check out mine too because I have one. Mike's got two. All right. I do have two, actually, but they're for two different things. Yeah. I got one for emails from Infinity, the podcast, and then I have one for my ritual artwork, yeah. my wards and stuff. Yeah. But got- that's not what we're here to talk about. There, no, really. no, we're not. We are here to interview our good friend, amazing artist, and Kickstarter, Kickstarter superstar, Sean Koss. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Do I come in now? Yes. Now you, now you come in. Oh, Mike, we can't forget to read off the, the names. I got them up. They're okay. sitting sorry. right here. I'm all ready to go. Sorry. I totally blew your intro. I'm sorry. Sean Koss, everybody. Sean Koss. I think I have that toy too. <laughs> <laughs> I stole it from my granddaughters. I was there thinking, you go. My you know, three-year-old's got it too. I'm going to start adding effects to the show because, you know, we're, <laughs> we're we're trying to boost the rating, so we're going to start ha- having uh, wacky sound effects. Just kidding. Do you yeah. remember on the first episode, chat when I had the mooing? I did the mooing sound, true, the cow yeah. sound, and yeah. you were like, you're not going to be that guy, are you, that does <laughs> the sound effects? Now listen to you 50 episodes later. <laughs> Finally catching up. Okay, I'm sorry. This is about Sean Cost. This is not about our sound effects. So how you doing? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm happy to be here all the way over in Ohio, pretending like I'm in the studio with you. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're uh you're you got a nice little office there. Thank you. This is two hundred and twenty square feet of the four hundred and forty that you can't see. I've That's... sectioned it off exactly at two hundred and twenty with uh the camera. Is this uh, uh, cyanide and happiness office space, or is this your own space? Uh, this is thank, uh, the any means necessary uh, office space. Uh, obviously, I still do the cyanide and happiness stuff here since I work both both the gigs, but this is being more deter- um, for the clothing line, so we have a place to ship stuff out. Oh, of. cool. And uh, my business partner uh, and I, always have to talk over the phone and so much shit gets thrown to the wayside. So now that we're in person, we can sit down, figure things out. We have desks where we can lay out designs. That's so awesome. hopefully it makes it productive. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm jealous, man. I'm still working out of my house. 
Well, that's what you do in LA. You <laughs> yeah, <live>. right. <laughs> and in New Mexico, evidently. And, yeah, you come out to the East Coast where there's nothing you can do, but you <laughs> like kings. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, okay. For those of you who don't know, I'm sure you do know Sean Koss. He's a, a really cool, dark artist. He kind of blew up not long ago with a, uh, a series of... Uh, by drawing a series of mental illnesses and um, for Inktober for Inktober and that went over that seemed to go over really well it seemed to blow up I was thinking oh Sean Koss is going to be rich now because you got you got stuff on (laughs) Boing Boing and all kinds of blogs I thought right yeah um, I had so yeah when I did that whole mental health series it was a complete by chance yeah Uh, a fan made a suggestion of you should do 31 illnesses through the eyes of a schizophrenic uh, psychopath. And I was like, that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so I ignored it for like a week uh-huh. and came back and had like 100 likes. And people were like, yes, you need to do this. So I did a couple, three or four, uh, started off with a borderline personality disorder, did a couple more. And all of a sudden I, I hopped on my page and I've got a thousand likes. I'm like, okay, I don't get a thousand likes on an image unless, you know, Simon Happiness shares it or, you know, someone like you chat would share something of mine that gets a little bit more eyes on it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting emails from Buzzfeed, Huffington Post, Crazy. Ford Panda, the mind, they're all like, Hey, we want to interview. I'm like, for what? <laughs> it's a mental health series. Like it's really taken up. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And, I started looking at my page and it just, yeah, it just blew up right in my face. And it was the coolest slash scariest thing of my life so far next to having two kids. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> is it the kind of the biggest thing that you've, you, your biggest hit you've had as far yeah, as an artist? By, right. By far the biggest thing. Um, I've always had the popularity of sign and happiness and being associated with them, right. which I've been thankful for, but sign and happiness is more of like this entity as opposed to a single person. Well, yeah, um, that, that, why don't we, let's start at the beginning. Cause I'm curious to, okay. to, to hear about how you started, um, how you became a fine artist and how you got hooked up with cyanide and happiness and the whole thing. And then take us from the beginning up to, uh, your your mental health series, and then we can talk about the Kickstarter and stuff as well. Because I'm curious, did you st- have you always been like an art kid, like since yeah, you were a little um, kid and all that? I can't remember the exact age I was when I f- discovered I did art. My mom said it's been my whole life. Um, the defining moment I remember is going through my dad's old military stuff and finding um, a Beetle Bailey sketch. Beetle um, Bailey, I used to love Beetle Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I was like, okay, That's old I was like, school, man. This, this guy, and uh, well, who was it? There was a. I'm assuming it was my mom getting out of the shower with drying her hair, which was awkward to find, uh, <laughs> slightly, but it's very well drawn. And then a bunch of like, you know, eagle portraits because he was in the Air Force. Um, and I was like, wow. I was like, my dad's an artist, and maybe I can do art. And started drawing stuff that looked terrible, absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. What age is this? Um, um, I want to think maybe five, six years old. Okay. Like from like five to ten, everything's a fucking blur. Right. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I, uh, when, whenever the Sega Genesis came out, I remember really well 
when Sonic the Hedgehog first came out, they had these old Sega Genesis cartridges and I or the cases. And I remember loving the style of Sonic the Hedgehog. So I would take pieces of paper, put it over it, and trace it. Mm. And I would keep tracing it to a point where I would start putting the paper next to it and see if I could draw it without having shaky lines, making the lines connect properly, huh. having the proportions correct. Um, and I did that a lot for like a lot of video game art. Uh, and then I can't remember the old dinosaur uh, Disney ones. Like, um, it was like the claymation dinosaurs. I got big into dinosaurs as a young kid, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, knowing that you worked on Jurassic Park. Uh, no, I didn't. Really you did? I swear you worked on a Jurassic Park movie. No. Are you sure? I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't. <laughs> you, maybe you're thinking of Adam. Adam Jones worked in Jurassic Park. That's tool. what it is. Sorry. Yeah, That's yeah. what. Right. Yeah. He worked in it. I don't know why I kept thinking you did. I think it's because you worked in movies for so long. Yeah. I worked Planet of the Apes. Maybe you're thinking. I did see her. I did see her scene. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're really good at it. Very ape-like. <laughs> I'll see cool. I've already fucked this up. It comes naturally <laughs> to him. He, he's just ape like in general. They just knew how to no, cast him. I was like, oh, hey, you worked on this one. No, I didn't. Ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, there's, there, it does, believe me, it's not uh, an, an insult in any way. Okay. I, I don't well, get, give you a shit. You look good enough that you could have worked on Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was obsessed with Velociraptors. Um, that's a common then, thing but, with a lot of us is dino people into, right. in, into dinosaurs as kids, dark artists. Definitely, I had a special interest as dino in, into dinosaurs when I was a kid for sure. Yeah, I feel like they're surrounded by them out in uh, New Mexico. Like, there's probably just yeah, there are there is all kinds of interesting prehistoric things out here. Not far from my house, there's a you know prehistoric museum where they've found the archaeological finds of you know old dinosaurs and all kinds of stuff so yeah it is out here i i don't spend much time engaging in it but yeah as a kid i was into it like you were yeah i like i still really like seeing the bones and all this stuff like that um but with the art currency where i go from dinosaurs i went to um back to video games for a little bit i remember at some point in wrestling i fell in love with the undertaker <laughs> and my mom was a big Undertaker fan, and at the same time, she was when we lived in Maine. Um, we she uh, was a huge Stephen King fan, still is a huge Stephen King fan, cool. and we used to drive by his house on the frequent, like on our way to school, on the way to visit my grandparents. And it was the big red house uh, with the bricks and the cast iron yeah. and bat. My mom's like, "That's Stephen King's house." I'm like, "Okay, I have no idea who that is." He goes, "That's all the movies I tried to give you nightmares." I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> so like, while everyone else was watching like Sebastian and uh, Heathcliff and everything like that, I was watching The Fly, Cujo, uh, Pet Cemetery. Like all of those were the movies I grew up on. Cause that's, right. My mom was just obsessed with Stephen King. Oh, used cool. to read me, read me the books and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I tell people that like, why would your mom do that to you? I was like, well, that stuff doesn't scare me now. Like, yeah, it's, it's just exciting stuff. I used to read that stuff when I was a kid. You know, probably yep. when I started yep. reading a lot, probably 11, 12 years old. I like remember Creep Show. Like, oh yeah, uh, like I remember that movie. I was obsessed with that movie. Like the uh, what was the one with the raft with like giant black slime, like sucked them through the, like. Oh right, the, right. The, you know what I'm talking about? Like that was like, one of my favorite ones. That's creep. Show. That was creep show too. Creep sto- show too did you ever yeah. read the the story of that? The raft. 
that it was based oh, on because the story is way the, better oh, than yeah, the one in the great. movie. The, yeah, the raft is so awesome. That little short story by Stephen oh, King. Yeah, it's so creepy because they pull the guy through the dock and it like his ring, his class ring gets stuck between the boards and it's like stuck there. It's so gnarly in the book in the <laughs> short story because he's like putrefying. They, you know, they like, did do something like that. Body. They did something yeah. like that in the movie, but it's like yeah, it's did they? yeah yeah I thought yeah. Was, I, you know, it's funny is I read that short story on a dock at Bead Lake where my parents have a cabin. So I'm like reading the short story by Stephen King while I'm on this dock. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, that I think that um, feeds into my fear of water. But yeah, that stuff, kind of, that with The Undertaker kind of, I think, really turned me into the whole dark art. Uh, I remember in fourth grade for Mother's Day, I did a homemade card for her. I'll be able to do a card and it was The Undertaker and it had a gravestone in the back with my mom's name on it and said, rest in peace, mom. And that was my <laughs> card to her. And I got sent to the principal's office. She still has the card too. That's so cool. Um, and they're like, Hey, you know, is everything okay at home? Like, <laughs> do you have any problems with Sean? Like, does he need to see therapy? And at this time we had just moved into, uh, Ohio, um, uh, which is a little bit more liberal than West Virginia that we lived at for a little bit. But they sort of like, you know, we don't know if this is, you know, should we have a counselor look at him. She's like, no, we, you know, The Undertaker is our favorite wrestler. We're a big fan. And I think that was the first time I got um, some type of shock value to my artwork. Mm-hmm. And it kind of intrigued me on why that bothered someone. Right. Because it didn't bother me. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to kill someone now or I want someone dead. I was just creating this creepy person right. um, it's kind of like the artistic equivalent of scaring someone going boo you know where right. you kind of get a thrill out of it yeah it's like holy crap like i just raised a bunch of people's eyebrows with this artwork that's kind of interesting yeah. and it like it doesn't even flinch like phase me i'm like why does this bother these people yeah. and from there on i kind of just started doing artwork almost kind of like in the way marilyn manson did for a little bit with like shock value of doing things to like provoke people mm-hmm. so if i knew people were watching me i'd start drawing upside down crosses for no reason other than to just shock them <laughs> uh, for i I, I could be working on like bugs bunny person i'll see someone staring or looking over see what i'm doing I start putting cr- upside down crosses on their faces just <laughs> to, like get a reaction out of right. them um, that's too funny but it wasn't i think um i think about 16 years old is when i really started focusing on just my own art style but it, to me it was never horror art it was never dark art to me it's kind of like you like i don't know if you like we're called dark artists but it wasn't ever really dark to me like it didn't it didn't scare me it didn't make right. me feel creepy yeah and, it, yeah it makes it makes me feel good right it's just like other uh, most people think think of it as dark but yeah we we just decided to embrace the term really right you know what i mean well paul booth made a great example of you know, we're exor- we can be exercising the demons that other people are just sucking in and not, you know, putting out there, which, right. you know, it's definitely been therapy for me, uh, for sure, because I mean, I wasn't a popular kid by any means growing up. I had an afro, uh, big <laughs> bottle cap glasses, used to wear uh, like Velcro pants, Velcro shoes, cool. got picked up all the time, like. <laughs> I, all I wanted to do was just draw artwork, you know, and I just, I would skip class all the time. I was in marching band and I would get a hall pass to go to marching band, but I just go to the art class for like eight periods a day. Nice. And yeah, it was just, 
uh, the style that just developed from just like I just like drawing darker artwork, mm-hmm. and it just it never was at that point it never became like an intentional thing. It was just something to do. I just I got bored with reality, and I experimented with a lot with drugs back then. Nothing too hard, like weed, LSD, um, but I just. People were like, why don't you draw flowers or landscapes? I'm like, I see that shit every day. Like, I want to <laughs> see something with some weird fucking legs coming out of its face. And, you know, yeah, um, exactly. Dicks out his shoulders. I don't know. So, like, I want something <laughs> I haven't seen before. Right, right. That uh, imagination thing really kind of pushed me um, to like invent new things as opposed to uh, just rehash like a cat photo, a dog photo. Right. Um, but I skipped all the anatomy lessons. I skipped all the traditional art, which is terrible because yeah. I go back. Fuck! I wish I would have taken the time to learn this shit. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta know that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you learn I, it. We all learn it at, at our own pace, though. You know, I ended up doing. I never did any of that. I never did any, barely any traditional kind of art studies. But once I started working in the film industry, anatomy was part of the job, so I had to oh, learn yeah. it. You know, and and it was like okay, here's a million reference books of dead bodies all dissected. And so you can see where the muscles go. And so I just kind of, I learned it sort of on the job because I had to. That's kind of how I've done it. Like if I need to learn how to draw a hand a certain way, I'll be in a mirror just going "Uh," like this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that looks right. And then I'd start drawing it out. Right. Um, A lot of books on anatomy, but I felt like I wasn't learning, but I think I would, I think my ADHD really took over a lot. I hadn't been medicated for a while. So I'd be trying to study for like an hour and I was like, fuck this. I just want to draw something. So I just start drawing and looking back at my artwork. Now it's atrocious. Like the anatomy, it's just like, wow, right. These guys have Barbie like figures with their bones sticking out. <laughs> but let's see. I, I keep something people are going to learn real quick. Cause I ramble a lot. That's Let me okay. get back on track. <laughs> well, like um, one thing I was thinking of is uh, just a, a little side note that uh, I had a an art teacher, or was it my art teacher told me about this guy? There was some art teacher that got all buff and worked out so that he could study his muscles rather, really? rather than looking at books. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because it's like you can you know seeing it yourself, you can actually kind of feel it, and you could know you can move your arm and see what muscle it's making move it's i thought it was kind of cool that's a fucking dedication that's about, there yeah it's about the only reason i'd ever, I'd ever exercise that much <laughs> that's, that's, but your dad your dad chet was like that you yeah know, Jimmy, yeah he was like that guy was ripped man and he was a painter and i'll bet he used his body as a reference how could you know oh, yeah. when you were that, yeah, 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 when you're sure. that kind of a specimen you know but it's funny though about him is that he was an athlete in high school he was like the captain of the football team and stuff but um he didn't quite mm-hmm. he didn't really fit in with everybody he was still kind of like a weird outsider guy on the inside and um he ended up having a nervous breakdown in the 60s and the the only reason he was able to well they, they said he was going to be crazy for the rest of his life like really? he was never getting out yeah he's never going to have a normal life because he he was wow. take, he was like taking he was driving uh he was he was doing like driving trucks or something and he started taking speed to stay up and he got totally hooked on speed and like went crazy basically wow. but he said he said the only thing that got him out of the institution was he started lifting weights every day 
Uh, he just that's all, he, he, just to keep himself busy. And he said he felt he noticed that as he started, he was lifting weights more and building his body up. He started feeling more normal. And he and so when he got out, he kept doing that his entire life. You know, mm-hmm. not crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you replace. It's like chemical replacement because you start right. working out and you start getting all the good chemicals from working out, and you can replace the other one with that. Right, you know, right. so you just generate it yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah. all kinds of great, good, positive chemicals with working. I mean, that's why I, I like to do a lot of labor because I don't want to really work out, but I want to work out and I want to, you know, get things done. So if you marry the two, it's like you go out there and bust your ass, and you get all kinds of great chemical hits off of it. You know, yeah. and you're getting stuff done at the same time, that's and true. you're getting fit. Anyway, well, anyway, back to Sean. So, so, sorry, sorry for that interjection. <laughs> no, no, I like I, I. This is how- I got Sean's. Sean's got some guns there, though. I can see he's he, the guy's. He's fit. <laughs> I do, I do like to exercise, but I do have dad bod too at the same time. I, <laughs> because I can't put down like all the fatty food, especially having kids. It gets super stressful. I'm just like I, I need to eat some quick hamburger from McDonald's. Looks great. Awesome. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say yeah with the working out thing. Um, I've seen a lot of people with addiction issues. They'll take on working out, and it becomes almost an addiction. So yeah, they oh, just yeah. yep. I have lots of friends who are alcoholics or past drug users who got clean, but then they're just addicted to working out. So they're super in shape and super healthy, but they're addicted to it. Right. <clears throat> so I don't know how healthy that really is for them. Well, because it's, it's healthier. It's like a better healthier. addiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a better alternative anyway. Yeah, I, unless these are you know juicing, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Let's see. So anyway. Uh, yeah. Um. Set, it was a good segue. Uh, <laughs> I think I was at sixteen, seventeen. Um. Oh, I'll throw a little side note. I was expelled for two weeks. Uh, from school, towards some end of my school year because the whole, during the whole Columbine incident, um, me being a, uh, antagonist decided to wear a serial killer t-shirt, uh, the day after Columbine, which was it very in, insensitive. Was it intentional? Were you just trying to mess yeah, with people? It was, it was very intentional. Uh, <laughs> I loved causing because our school always promoted being very, um, christian based right. which we weren't christian school it was just a school but everyone there you know believed in god and stuff like that and i always pushed against it i wasn't that i didn't believe in god at the time i just didn't want to fall i had to fall into line to that right. i was like why do i have to believe in god i was like why can't i believe in buddha why can't i believe in allah right. you know and they're like well here we believe in christ i'm like okay we're enemies now i'm gonna just <laughs> fuck with this uh. so after Col- the day after columbine um me and 16 of my friends got expelled from school because we wore trench coats. We always wore trench coats, but we wore trench coats the day after. Oh, my God. Serial killer t-shirt that I got from, you know, Hot Topic. Um, <laughs> and you had, like, the serial star killer. Do you, can you imagine if you did that today in school? Like, uh, nowadays, you'd get, you'd get probably a lot I, more I, than... I probably would have been shot and killed. Yeah. <laughs> but we did that, and... Um, we had a website that had a bunch of our artwork back. You remember Bryce 3D at all? Yeah, yeah, model? yeah. I used to have Bryce 3D. That was great. We used to do like satanic altars on there and like <laughs> build these giant castles up. See, and this just goes. Got- this just goes to show that you know people that have this kids that do this overtly satanic artwork are reacting to Christianity because it's being pushed on them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like my stuff when I was a kid, I never. I never got into the satanic thing at all. I was always just about monsters and kind of like this dip, dip, more, 
not like it had nothing to do with Christianity or anti-Christianity. It was its own thing, and it's because I was not in an environment where Christianity was pushed on me like that. Oh, it you was, know what I mean? It was pushed mm-hmm. heavily on me. Uh, so it wasn't a, to my parents' fault. Right. It was just the community. What, yeah, what we're surrounded by, and yeah, I read up a lot on like Satanism, uh, stuff like that. And mine wasn't even so much worshiping the devil. It was just I'm my own god. Right. Uh, now my beliefs have changed. You know, as I get older, yeah. now it's more of just please God, let there be something after this. Once you have kids, yeah, not, it all changes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's my thing is when I die now, it's not even a selfish thing. I just want to see my kids grow up now. I want to see what they become. Right. Whether that's assholes or, you know, savers of the world, I just want to die and watch overhead and watch how they progress. I want right. to see what my seed does, right. which, you know, We'll see if that happens. I might just be fucking dirt. But <laughs> yeah, they expel- got expelled. I'm just giving my whole life story now. Yeah, yeah. ACLU come in for one time doing the right thing and got us reinstated because a lot of it was just rumors from a, a chemistry teacher saying we had a hit list. None of that ever happened. Wow. Uh, but again, I still had that whole shock value thing that gave me those chemical responses like, oh, I wore this serial killer t-shirt. It caused this reaction. Mm-hmm. This is kind of interesting. Yeah. So when I got out of school, I went into um, psychology, sociology at Kent State and kind of sort of, I was really interested in that stuff. Like, why am I getting these reactions and how do I work at that? And like, you know, use that to an advantage or whatever. Um, then obviously got bored with that because they're like, hey, any psychology or sociology major is just a manager at McDonald's. So left that, went into nursing school. Right as I graduated nursing school, uh, I got a call or I got an email from Chris Wilson of Sunnine Happiness through MySpace, which I thought was a, you know, get your dick four inches bigger with these new pills kind of hacked email. Uh And uh, it was him just saying, hey, I love your dark artwork. Um, He's he has a passion for dark art darker style creature design hmm. and we just we hit where it did, off where did he see your stuff sean uh I mean, you my, got this email out on my, myspace oh okay so he saw your stuff on myspace and then messaged yeah. you on myspace got gotcha. i don't know how we found it on myspace either because back then like you had to be searching for <laughs> stuff. So, gotcha so i don't know how we found it but he messaged me we talked year and a half two years he invited me out to um Fort Collins, Colorado, I came out, we hung out for a week. And then as I was leaving, goes, I want you to join the company, like, come on in. Wow. And um, yeah, I was like, because at that point, I gave up on art as a career, like the whole idea of being a career artist in Ohio is nothing. Right. In Ohio, you either go work at the rubber tire factory, yeah. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's the what place it- you go. That's that was the the whole Devo line. Devo, you're from you're in Akron, Akron. That's uh, I wasn't the office is in Akron now. I was in Akron. I now just moved to Ravenna, where uh, Maynard grew up in. Oh, okay. Because Devo was from Akron, and they used to always talk about basically in the '70s when they were starting the band, which it started off as an art project. Was that that was that was all that you could uh, all there was to do is get a job in the rubber factory. You know. Oh yeah, and that's. <laughs> Back then, yeah, they they built a whole town called Lakemore that was for the families of the Goodyear workers, right. like to live at. What a trip! Um, wow. Where was I going with the Goodyear thing? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, just I, talking I, about how you there was there was no li- there was no job oh, for yeah. you as a yeah, as a yeah. artist, and then you met the dude and you went out to Fort Collins. 
There we go. Look at Mike. He's on top yeah, of that shit. Mike's got a memory. I do not. Uh, part of the drug use. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, yeah. So like, there was no adjustment. I gave up on artwork. So I went to nursing school. You know, got my registered nursing license. I still am a nurse. I yeah. I'm an ER nurse uh, two wow. days a week. Seriously, so, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I, mean, um, I need health insurance, man. Yeah, and right. The art, as you know, does not pay well for uh, health insurance. Sure doesn't. <laughs> uh, especially with two kids. I have a, you know, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Like, that health oh, insurance yeah. is Yeah. Uh, if it was just me and my wife, I'd be like, sorry, baby, don't get sick. <laughs> we're right. going, we're, you know, taking this career. Uh, <laughs> but I still, I still nurse two days a week. Um, I don't tell a lot of people that. I'm, I'm starting to open up more about it because I am doing the mental health stuff. And people right. start questioning, like, my validity. I'm right. like, um, I do actually have a background in medical. Yeah. Thank you. No, that's cool. That's something to be proud of, actually. I mean, that's a cool yeah, thing to, to be totally, a registered nurse. Totally. Awesome. Especially in the ER. I bet you see yeah. some crazy shit. Oh, dude. You talk about the books of dead bodies? Oh, yeah. We see some shit. Yeah. We that's, that's got to be. Big thing, like, uh, was it last night we popped a huge sebaceous cyst? We cut it with a scalpel, and this thing just poured out thick, thick yellow jelly. Oh, it was my God. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know somebody who would like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I will the out them, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, about the same time I did the nursing, sign on happiness. My buddy Mike uh, worked for Time Warner Spectrum Cable um, and was just getting tired of working for the man, working for someone else's dream, and just said, dude, let's start a clothing line. And I tried previously to do clothing lines. I did a subcon art clothing line. Uh, talking with strangers clothing line and all of them failed because I didn't really know how to do it. I thought if you just printed t-shirts and sell it, you'll make money. No, right. there's a whole market scheme and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've been doing, yeah, I've been doing the nursing, sign on happiness, the clothing line and my own personal artwork for about nine years. Wow. Um, That's a lot. It, yeah. Uh, I wish it was longer. I wish I would have knew what was out there when I was younger, like in my, teens or late early 20s so i would have been like okay put everything into this now i know tell me about it man if i started if i started doing fine art when i was doing makeup effects when i was 18 19 i'd be fucking millionaire right now right you'd be like i wouldn't be doing this fucking podcast fuck you guys <laughs> <laughs> no i'd be doing this podcast because i need something to do because i wouldn't i'd have all this free time because everything would be paid for and i'd just be chilling and I'd be doing it, doing all your art, just for fun. But I am kind of doing it still for, for fun. He anyway. would just be naked on the podcast all the time. I go, dude, I'm well, out the world clothes. <laughs> I hate to say it, but the reality is, is that it's like no matter what we wish we could have, would have, or should have, the reality is that your path took you the way it took you, and just like mine took me the way it took mine. You know, it's like there's yeah. nothing you can really do about that. At the end of the day, it's like we went through the things we had to go through to come to the epiphanies that we came. Th to, yeah, to yeah, realize I, who we are and where we stand, you know, and what we can yeah, do. I, I, um, I, I always say I, I got a, cr a crazy art training in the makeup effects world. You know, I was basically paid yep. paid to learn all kinds of shit about that I could apply to fine art. You know, totally. Yeah, it's like I worked and fuck that, but it was like, dude, I learned how to manage people and I learned right. how to manage time and resources. And I never would have gone to school to learn that, but life was going to teach me that lesson and it would come in handy eventually. It yeah. does come in handy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have traded anything for my life I've had so far. I mean, I met my wife. 
I had two, I have two great kids. I have these awesome careers that I never thought were possible. So if I would have changed it earlier, who knows if I would have been here now, maybe I would have failed early on and said, fuck it. And just, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. yeah, Um, But yeah, uh, to round out, I guess the rest of that story, uh, 2016, I did the mental health stuff and yeah, it just blew up, uh, which comes to today where I'm running a Kickstarter on releasing, you know, all of my mental health, my, I also did it last year's was, uh, Fear-tober, which was all phobia based. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with doing all of this, um, I've been able to open up among my own battles with depression, my ADHD, my social anxiety issues. Uh, cause I never really talked about that stuff. I just kept it all inside because I was like, no one wants to hear well, about that, it. That's the thing about that, that series becoming so popular. It's just proof that, you know, everybody most it seems to me i don't know what the statistics are but most of the people i know myself include included have mental issues you know it's so common it's like it's almost like having uh uh mental issues is more the norm it seems yeah, like a it. human condition right it's, it's yeah, called the human condition right. it feels like i think there's as people we have way more things in common with each other in terms of mental behavior mental illness just many more are less diagnosed because right. it's always considered a weakness. Like, Oh, you have borderline personality disorder. So you're a manipulative bitch. Got it. Right. Or, Oh, you have anxiety. So you're crazy. You're just afraid of everything. So it's always, it's never put in a good scent. It's never a good light. It's right. always in connotation. It's and like, we I haven't think, accepted it. It's like, we haven't right. accepted it. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, just on the whole, uh, it's always like, oh, you know, don't talk about it. like back in like what the 60s and 70s where like they would send the housewife to go get electrotherapy right. so that, you know, like, oh, keep smiling. You mm-hmm. know, we don't want to hear about your problems. Give, and, give them happy you know, pills. The yeah. Like, oh, you're stuck in the house all day cleaning and waiting for your man to come home. You should be happy. Like, right. no, I'm miserable. <laughs> I think we're getting at a time now where people like our big thing and my big thing is using the term armor up where, you know, be proud of these, this illness behavior and wear it like armor. You know, it's not a weakness. It's a strength. You know, mm-hmm. I've used my ADHD and well, even now my depression in producing this artwork as art therapy right. to release some of this, you know, these issues and in doing so I'm having, I'm hearing some, I get some deep, deep stories from fans I've never met in my life who will tell me about like I've had this one I won't say he or she but they were uh, molested by their parents both parents oh my god uh, eaten by their uncle and you know they tried taking their life on numerous occasions and they you know finally s- seeked help and when they got out you know they medicated themselves medicated themselves and they just happened to stumble upon my artwork and just bombard me with their story wow and i'm just like wow like you're literally just telling me the darkest shit ever right and at first it was hard like i was drinking a lot <laughs> at 2016 i was like okay reading facebook messages okay bourbon here we go let's drink because <laughs> i felt like i was taking on the burden of a lot of their their stories so i feel like they, they'll be like i haven't told anyone this i'm telling you okay like, you don't you yeah. have no idea who i am well, like, you I also, just, yeah, and, and you're powerless to really do anything about it, too. People are unloading all the stuff, and you, you feel like, <laughs> uh, okay, I, but I can't really 
you know, you feel maybe you feel kind of helpless about it when really it's uh, probably just good for them just to tell somebody, you know, it's that's right. the yeah, healing. That's what getting, it is, you know? Yeah, it, it gets heavy. And at first, I still find myself sometimes like writing them off. I feel like I'm just as bad as society. Like someone told me that, you know, the world's crumbling around them and they don't know what to do. And mm -hmm. I said, I think you should seek help. And that's right. all I said. Yeah, and I was yeah. telling my sister about it and he goes, he was probably reaching out for you and was hoping you could maybe talk to him. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not like a professional, like, right. Right. Yeah. And you don't know this person. You could say the wrong thing to trigger them and then who knows right. what, you know? And I just, I wrote it off and the person didn't talk for a couple of days. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I was like, I really didn't hurt themselves. So I messaged him back. I was like, Hey, you okay? And still didn't hear back from for a couple more days. And they finally messaged back. And I was like, okay. I was like, look, and I started talking to them and they kind of gave me a rundown. What, you know, and they were kind of in the same situation I was going through for a little bit. I was like, okay. I was like, look, here's what I do. And you know, here's how I kind of handle right. things. And they felt better. They end up actually going to go get help. And as far as I know, they're still doing good. That's great. Um, and like he tells me, I'm not a very sensitive person. I mm -hmm. never have been. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's hard for me to be sensitive mm -hmm. or be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to be sensitive sometimes. Yeah. Like, even oh. if, even if it's a matter of, you know, anticipating those people and having some resources, you could say, I think you should get help. Here's, here's a few resources links that you could go to and, you know, at least yeah. give them a little something. Actually, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I, gave them a crisis. Mm -hmm. oh, there I tried you go. to find the area that they were located and I gave them a crisis line for that place. But I wanted to make sure they knew like, look, I'm not writing you off. I'm just, I'm not equipped to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it worked, it ended up working out. Okay. Um, that's, that's cool. But it, it weighed on me a little bit. And I think a lot of it recently with the whole passing of Jed, uh, likeness is right. really weighing a lot. Um, yeah, that was fucked. Yeah. It was rough. I talked to him a lot. Uh, I was a huge fan of his work and that one hit me hard. Yeah. I, I got pretty emotional over that because I woke up on Christmas day to the news oh, and God. i'm just like wow because you know i've seen his pictures he'd send me pictures of him and his daughter i'm just like i know i know i know I, man I, I saw before it happened too a couple days i, know, I, I saw so pictures then, I, of him with like a bottle a, of, a glass of wine or a glass of scotch and says fuck this world right I'm just yeah like, i had a feeling and i know like um there's a i think a uh a mutual fan of our thing his name's kenny um, he was saying like, I think my friends might hurt themselves. I'm like, I bet he's talking about fucking Jed. And I had that feeling for probably a month or two. Wow. I was like, why the fuck did I not say anything? And then I'm going, God damn it. I should have just been like, dude, are you all right? Like, can I call you? Yeah, and it's hard though, man, because everybody's posting shit like that. And 99% yeah, the of them don't kill themselves. You know, people right, just that's, vent. That's part, you know, I spent, um, an hour or so talking to his mom through Facebook. Mm. I never met her before, but wow. I just messaged her. I'm like, Look, like your son meant a lot to a lot of the dark artists. Um, yeah. And I'm so very sorry. And she kind of told me like his, he's battled with depression for years. Yeah. 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 He had it hardcore. Uh, yeah. And I'm not trying to bring this podcast down <laughs> yeah, at yeah. all. Thanks a lot. But 
I know. Well, the topic, <laughs> the topic of, of your, your subject and also the topic of this, this Kickstarter that you're working on right now has yeah. to do very directly with mental illness. So it's I, quite apropos. It also has to do with dark art. And Jed was, is it, you know, one of those men that stood in both, both arenas, you know, he had mental illness. He's a dark artist. He's no longer with us. So you're not bringing anything down. Yeah. Yeah. No. I just, I, don't know. I just, um, I feel like it's just people like to like move on from it and stuff like that. But it's like when I keep bringing back up, like my Kickstarter book, um, which is to be the first time I've actually said it is a dedication of it's going to him because I always dedicate it to my kids and my wife. Um, but it's uh, going to be in memory of Jed because he has had a, a huge impact on me. Oh yeah. Um, he was so fucking good. Like, yeah. Like his art style was just, I loved it. You know, I have a couple of his originals. Mm. I even bought his uh, Khaleesi watercolor. Oh, when he started cool. dad colors yeah. I gave it to my brother who's a huge um, Game of Thrones fan as a Christmas present. And I was oh, like cool. so proud of that gift. I'm like, yes, I'm buying some fine art to give <laughs> to my brother-in-law who doesn't really give a shit about fine art, but it's Khaleesi. So, okay. This <laughs> be good. And um, yeah, like my last time I talked to him was probably like maybe four weeks before he passed. And I was just like, wow. And that is really what kind of kick-started uh, my, you know, don't mind the pun of <laughs> start sooner because I was going to wait another year mm. and build a little bit more. But I was like, man, I was like, maybe this will help someone else. Right. You know, I started uh, artists reaching out to me who were like aspiring and up and coming and like, you know, hey, how do you deal with this? I go, I don't. <laughs> I'm just I create artwork and I try to just self medicate that way. Mm hmm. I think so, I, yeah. I see a lot of a lot of people uh, expressing and 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 you know talking about their mental illness and their depression issues a lot now a lot more. It's kind yeah, of it's much more. Open. I mean, it's it's it seems awesome. like the beginning still. It's still the kind of the beginning stages. But um, yeah, I know a guy that has a an Instagram account, and it, all he, all he does is post about his you know little sketches and, and, and things to express his mental illness that he has. And that's yep. the whole purpose. All I know the, exactly all, what yeah, you're talking all about. The hash, great. Yeah. Awesome. All the hashtags are about raising mental health awareness. And it's, you know, it's probably, probably, you know, it, it's probably the biggest issue of our time. Cause I think everything stems from that. All the, yes. the, the drug yes. problems and the violence and the anger that yeah. people have, uh, you know, most of that is stemming from, untreated mental illness and the fact that we can't come to terms with, with the, the fact that we're a sick society that isn't getting help, the help it needs, yeah. you know, seriously, man, seriously. Week, if uh, you say, you know, you need help, like, Oh, why not? And I just man up or, right. you know, don't, you know, like if you're depressed, stop being depressed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Let me go. There we go. <laughs> Let me just start smiling. I feel better already. Uh, yes. I think it's, uh, it's definitely getting more accepted. And I think it's a long time overdue because there's so many people who I think have left this earth too soon right. because, I mean, Chester Bennington, uh, Chris Cornell. I mean, yeah. those people, I didn't, that one, those both came out of left field. Chris Cornell is another hard one for me because I, you just, I never saw that one coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just like, dude, like, look, those guys are filthy fucking rich, millions of fucking followers. Depression don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, well, that's 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 the whole Simon and Garfunkel song, you know, Richard Corey. The the whole song Richard Corey is all about that. It's like it doesn't matter how much money you have, you know, money does, can't buy happiness. The reality is, is you could be just as sick and have all the money in the world, you know. And in fact, some of the people that have the most money are the sickest in right. all reality. Yeah, and right. also self medicate in the wrong way possible. You know, get themselves buried in alcohol, drugs, you know, uppers, downers, just to to feel something. Right. Um, it's just, yeah, this, it seems like this is like the suicide year or, or last year, I guess. And I guess more into this year, it's like, the there's already enough, death, like there's death enough already. So we don't need more death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the success of your Kickstarter campaign just proves that now is the right time. Cause you're at like, what, 40,000 bucks or something. Uh, last time I checked, I think I was at. Almost forty-eight thousand, which it's crazy. It's still mind-blowing to me. And you're you're going to hit a, that's like what a weekend. You're going to hit a hundred grand. Mark I my words. Know. I said it on the podcast. I'm predicting you're going to hit a hundred grand. And I might shit a brick. <laughs> like, All right. Well, I want the brick. I want the brick in tribute to my prediction. <laughs> that artist who used to who uh, I want a brown brick in the mail. Was that with a hundred percent artist bullshit that he canned and sold to people? Yeah, right. <laughs> that was awesome. I wish I could have been that type of artist, like who came up with like, those clever things. Yeah, right. Just to fuck with people. That sounds yeah, like right. your style. <laughs> What's your, the name of your project? So everybody knows that's listening is called "It's All in Your Head," right? It's all in your head. Yes, that I use that because it's kind of the thing. That I think people who don't, or who are lucky enough not to have a mental health issue always says to people who are saying like i'm just feeling anxious now they're like dude it's just in your head right or i'm having a panic attack dude just calm down okay yeah let me just calm down like, dude, it's, it's just in your head get over it right and it's such a like a lot of people are asking like why do you use that title that's so offensive i'm like that's why i'm using it because it is offensive it's like a perfect title yeah, like yeah, that's the per well. That's why I brought it up because you're talking about how you wish you were one of these clever artists, and I'm like, yeah, but here's look at the title of your Kickstarter, bro. Talk about <laughs> clever. Give me a break. Cans uh, of shit is way clever. <laughs> <laughs> Only yeah, time I, will tell, my friend. Only uh, time will tell. I know we're late into the podcast. I was supposed to promote the Kickstarter early on for any of the. We'll, we'll have it in the. We'll have it in the links below. There we we'll go. Throw the link up, and, we'll, yeah, and we we'll put. We want your ad for the cover so we can get you know an ad for the cover of this that oh, people can see we'll advertise and propagate it you know and let's be I, honest it's not like you actually need our help the way it's going you already yeah, right. you hit 40 grand and what how, how long's it been one week yeah uh, a week. week that's insane yeah, within a week, uh i actually hit my goal in the first four hours yeah, which is that was insane. Nuts. um you know i it's weird uh i judge a lot of it by how many people canceled their pledges already and i've only had two one was from a friend from high school who i think was just letting me know he still watches me uh -huh. <laughs> but he doesn't want to associate with well i don't want to associate with him but he bid and canceled almost immediately and there's like one other person who canceled everyone else has kept their pledge which to me i was like okay these people actually really, really, really want this project, and they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure they get a hold of this book. When, 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 uh, a, when a project takes off like that, it's that fast. It's not because you have this huge fan base that wants to support you, even though you do. It's, it's because people want the book because it's a great idea and it's timely, I think. Exactly. That fast, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? It's, it's like when it happens like Word. that, 
it just means that it's 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 right on the money it's just weird like i it maybe it's not as weird for you because i feel like you've just you've always been a popular artist for as long as i've known like as long as i've known your artwork i say chad's i go i know who that is i've seen this artwork it doesn't feel like like, you know (laughs) no I i still feel like a solitary weird weirdo making monsters i don't have any grasp maybe it's like half a century old you know, the old fatigues getting in like yeah. you all do huge accomplishments <laughs> definitely it's definitely something to do yeah like it. i just i it blows me away so when people are like dude i love your stuff or like get, people having my work tattooed on them even though i don't show the excitement as much anymore i'm still like oh my god i can't believe they did that like right. that's on them for life yeah, they might die this week, but I mean that's a week long. They're going to have this tattoo on them. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just success is a hard thing um, for me to handle, uh, especially when it's personal success. Yeah, like I can handle the sign and happiness success because it was already there before me. Right. You know, it was popular four or five years before I came in, so I just kind of stepped into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my own personal success, I'm like, oh my god, like. I'm in control of this. I can ruin this real quick if yeah, I wanted to. Yeah. And it's kind of scary. It, it, it's very scary. And um, every year I'm just like, well, what am I going to do this year? Like, what do I do to eat, have the strength of this? Because I don't want to like do something for the sake of just getting the popularity. Um, I want to do something that's meaningful, but I'm like, well, what if it, no one gives a shit now about yeah, it? And, yeah. It's like that, that uh, Bob Dylan story line and bob dylan song when you got nothing you got nothing to lose you know when you yeah. don't have anything it's you know you're, yeah, like, yeah, it's, not, it's not a lot to lose but when you have something to lose that's when it gets scary right and that's how it is now say so we have like you know we just got this office and i just built a brand new house uh for those listening before the kickstarter because right. <laughs> you're still like oh hey i built a house after the kickstarter no no i built the house beforehand because i saved my money up like a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's great. But now I'm just like, well, I've doubled my mortgage. I just got an office space. Um, fuck, I need to keep making money as an artist. And given I could always quit, I could always go back to nursing. Yeah, but yeah. I well, want it. You don't want to do that. All right. I want to be happy. And my happiness is in artwork. Right. Uh, my, more personally, my artwork. And maybe that won't be six figures. But... Like Mike said, money doesn't buy happiness. If as long as I'm happy, my kid, like a big thing to me is my kids being proud of me. Right. Um, something I heard from another comic artist was he started his own web comic because he wanted his daughter to be proud to say what he does for a living. Because mm-hmm. he used to work at a telemarketing thing as a manager. And she goes, he goes, I don't want my daughter to be like, my dad's a telemarketing manager. Right. He wants her to go, my dad's a comic artist who owns his own company. Right, I'm like, that's right. what I want my kids to be like, hey, my dad does artwork for a living. He does amazing stuff. He's worked with Stephen King. He has been all over the internet. Like, he's a pimp. Right. I <laughs> <laughs> I can, yeah, I, can, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, like I said, everything changes when you have kids. It really, oh, yeah. it really does. Yeah, how old is your kid, by the way? Uh, it's... 29 29 wow how old are you <laughs> 28 i'm 35 okay. thank you okay okay <laughs> i've got the gray hair to prove it with the kids <laughs> i have a three and a one-year-old i can't even imagine them older than three and one yeah like, well, I, well I, them I, 18. I, I got 
grandkids now because my um, son's fiance, she had two daughters from her previous marriage. And uh, very cute. I've seen her picture. They, yes, are, they are the most adorable girls on the face yes, of this are. planet. They you should are. see them in person. Yeah, they will make you melt. Yeah, they are so cool. And 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 I and I'm, it's funny being a grandparent. Um, <laughs> you know, because you look at me, you don't think grandparent, but it's it's Grandpa darkness. I I, <laughs> I totally get the I I, I totally get the grand you know old people that wear shirts like uh, you know happiness is my grandchildren. You know, I always thought. <laughs> what the fuck you know don't you have a life or whatever but when you have them and you love them so much it's it, they're just they're too much they're so much fun it's really really enjoyable and and being yeah. old, older too and and also not having the pressure of you know having to raise them. <laughs> yeah having to raise them constantly you get kind of get them for the fun times and but it's 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 just it's just really fun i love it it's uh i recommend it to everybody being a, yeah, a grandparent you have a child <laughs> something it's really fun it's really fun but yeah they've given a whole reason like that's been my new like inspiration because people always ask all the time i'm sure they ask you all the time where's your inspiration from or where do you get it from right and i used to always tell them i found it under a rock because mm-hmm. <laughs> um maybe you feel the same way like, i i have a hard time explaining where my inspiration comes from because yeah. it's literally just there like yeah yeah sit there think about it like this conversation could spawn an idea totally, but i'm not man. looking for an idea right yeah I, it's easy to say what things you find inspiring you know because I, I like there's a lot of movies i mean i find a lot of things inspiring but as far as that that compulsion to create and that inspiration you get where you just an idea pops in your head and you have to get it down on paper before you forget it that's like it's yeah. magic it comes out of nowhere Right. Yeah. Like I said something about uh, artists and wizards are a lot alike. We create stuff out of nothing and we both get to work pajamas all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, a good yeah, one. We, and we are like magicians. Like we create something out of nothing. And uh, it's hard. Like I've tried to explain that to people. Like, well, how'd you come up with this idea? I was like, well, how did you come up with that idea to ask me that question? I'm like, well, I thought of it. I was like, That's what I did. Right. <laughs> so, right. My brain works differently than maybe your brain does, as opposed right. to this person's brain over here. It's like I, I wish I could explain it because then I would bottle that shit up and sell it to you right. and be rich. That's a, a friend of mine named Moto Hara. He was a really amazing sculptor in the makeup effects industry, and he died. God, it's been a few years now. He, he had uh, cancer. He kind of died out of nowhere. It was weird, but um. He, I remember the first time I ever thought about that whole idea of making something from nothing. Because I've, I've always been creating, so I never really stopped and thought about it. But once I started showing in galleries and selling work, he, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a fine artist, and he was doing makeup effects. And he was saying, yeah, you're, you're creating value out of nothing. It's kind of like you're printing money in a way, you know, because <laughs> he was looking at it from a business standpoint. And just the idea that you're making something valuable out of nothing just by taking kind of raw natural or whatever raw resources and combining them in a certain way and, and you know, creating something of value. That is, it's really is magic. You know, it really is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So kind of talking about he's saying art as a business. Like I always felt like I'm a businessman first as opposed to an artist first. You know, that's funny. You brought, you brought, I'm glad you brought that up because Mike and I were talking about it, how, how you um, refreshingly don't seem to have a hang up about earning as an artist. And you know how many people, 
you know how many artists are hung up on that and they don't you know money sucks i hate money i hate having to deal with it all that shit yeah yeah um let's see i grew up on food stamps uh right right real quick thing i grew up super poor to where we had no money for even christmas where we had to wrap up our own toys that we had for years so we had something to open on christmas right that's how poor we were i was like i'm never going back to being that poor again right <laughs> right right i guaranteed myself and my family i was like look whatever i gotta do i'm doing it um i'm not gonna compromise like if you say hey i want you to do uh kanye west portraits i'm gonna pay you you know 500 600 a painting I might do one or two, give it a shot. <laughs> right. but then, okay. I built my name on this. Now I'm going to take that audience that I built from that and I'm going to bring it to my world now. Right. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a businessman first. Like I, uh, a word I kind of came up with, it's not a real word. It's uh, entrepreneurist. Uh, that's um, a good one. Putting the entrepreneur and the artist together. Cause it's like, why can't we be entrepreneurs as well? Yeah, um, absolutely. You have to be, if you're going to make it nowadays, I mean, you have to be, so you might as well, try and understand it and figure out how to work it. And like I've said before in the business podcasts we did or the art business podcast we've done, it can be fun. If you learn it and understand it, it can be creative. Yeah. It can be like art. Like even Andy Warhol was like a good example of, I mean, he made the hyperbolic statement of uh, business is the, the best art, which is, you know, it's him just being, being nutty, but he, 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 uh, he was able to, bridge the two and he made amazing work and you can I mean, make it's like a puzzle i mean i think yeah. of it as like a puzzle you know because it's like i love puzzles and artwork for me is partly puzzle work it's like how do i get this thing from the one state to the other state and that's the same thing with marketing and businesses like how can i take these these materials i have and rotate that rubik's cube in the different fashions to get those colors to align because that's fun it's exciting when you solve a puzzle it's exciting right. it's encouraging it's yeah. gratifying you know? yeah. especially when it's like um, a reward to it after you solve it you're like oh here's the reward to it you know right, right. Right. I did putting that puzzle together. You get a cash reward. <laughs> right. If I didn't promote myself the way I do, which Chet, honestly, I owe a lot of that to you because you start talking about how you do like what 70% marketing or 80%, I mean, 70, 80% and you said the rest of it's artwork, but the rest of it's about just promoting your name, getting out there, yeah. working social media. I was like, he's fucking right. Like, you can be a great artist, but if you don't market yourself or have someone marketing for you, no one's ever going to see it. If that's what your career right. you know, dream is. And along with mental health, I think uh, a big stigma is artists. I think a lot of artists like trying to show the typical working class that a career in art deserves to be paid you know, just as much as like these other careers that are out there. We just happen to enjoy mm -hmm. our job way more than these <laughs> Yeah, <people>. right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I never believed in a job that you could love. Like the whole like, you know, work a job you love. You'll never work a day in your life. I always thought it was some old fucks saying because they're like, fuck these kids. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow, like, these past nine years, I've never been happier. And I see all these people slaving away nine, 12 hours a day at work and they're just miserable. I mean, right. they come home. They argue with their family. They're throwing stuff because they're pissed off that they were making minimum wage for some corporate guy. And then uh, I'm over here just 
in boxer shorts or something. <laughs> but know? you know, you are you're paying you're paying the price. I'm sure you're working more than uh, you would at oh, a day yeah. job. I mean, we pay the price for that privilege of being we able do. to make cool stuff. So it's not like we, you know we don't have set hours. Like one day I might work six hours. Another day I might work sixteen hours. Oh yeah, so, you know. Yep. We have a an art show coming up in May, and I have nothing done yet. <laughs> I have to get ten pieces done. I'm like, fuck. Okay, so it's gonna be a lot of long ass nights. Uh, given I'm doing ink work, so it's not as long as like, say, you know, if you had. And then again, you pump out some fucking oil paintings like it's a goddamn acrylic yeah. that just dries. Overnight. Hey, I, so it, they they dry. I get it. They do dry overnight. I use liquid as a painting medium, and every layer dries overnight. And I've even been able to get layers to dry in like half hour to an hour. Wow! It's like yeah, you, that's because that's called witchcraft. <laughs> I told you, told you it was magic. <laughs> yeah, I, but I know um, what you're saying. I know what you mean. Think, uh, uh, Crayola used to do oils for the longest time. Now I found out he did acrylics. Yeah. Wait, and I was like, how do you do that with acrylics? Yeah. And then I started seeing how he does. I'm like, okay. But I kind of gave up on the whole painting thing because I just found my love for ink. And I was like, wow, I was like, this, I think this is what I want to do. Yeah, if you're happy there, why why change it, you know? But I, and I do love an oil painting. Um, I've done maybe three or four, I think, in my whole life. And I loved every minute of it. But the drying time murders me. Tell, you just got to get some liquid. Get some liquid. I used it for a while, but I think I don't use it right because everything looks like a fucking glaze. I'm just glazing. Yeah, like you're using thin, like, too much. Pounds. You're using too much, oh. probably. You just put a little teeny bit in your, like a little tiny bit in your little pile that you're mixing. And yeah, a little goes a long way and it'll dry overnight. Okay. I, I love yeah, it. Uh, was it um, Jay Ferguson tried to get me an airbrushing? I was like, I'm just learning how to control my ink. I'm not taking on airbrushing. <laughs> airbrushing is fun, man. Airbrush. Dude, I want to get back to it. It's so much fun. Like you've seen his work. Oh, like, it's when amazing. Pennywise piece. I about fucking just sh again shit another brick. Yeah. I'm like, you should give him that one. What's that? You should give him that brick. I get the brick I, that I, you shit I'll, after okay, you hit 100k. I'll send it to his. Give that other one to Jay Ferguson. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'll I, send it. I, I want to have him on the show, Jay. He's his stuff's Dude, you unbelievable. Sure? He's awesome. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, me and him became good friends after the uh, first Ars Memoria Exiled show. Um, right. <laughs> We uh, did our first two-man shows. The first ever, I guess, partial solo gallery show I've ever done. Oh, cool. I, I haven't really done a lot of uh, shows. Like My first real big show was the Copra one that I kind of forced my way into. I emailed Chad going, hey, man, you got a spot for me? Because I would love to be a part of this show. Hey, man, that's how <laughs> it happens. That's how the game is played. Yep. I felt like it's like, a pity fuck he goes okay yeah we'll put you in there no it's like, cool it's, <laughs> hey it's you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease and you know that's I'm, right uh, but that was like my first real show and then i've done a couple of local tattoo shows that are nothing but then um a artist i won't mention reached out to me and said hey i'd like you to come to our <laughs> gallery and I've already cussed them out on my social media, so <laughs> I decided I'm going to keep it cordial. Here. Yeah, yeah, that but, fucker. Uh, they invited me out, and then, hey, we want to have you do a two-man show with Jay, because the original artist fell through, and we think you would do really well. And I was like, you guys are fucking crazy, but okay, let's do this. So I came up with 14 pieces, biggest amount of artwork I've ever done, and me and Jay were just talking back and forth, and we just became real good friends and uh 
pretty much just insult each other the whole time. That's all our social media is just saying. <laughs> he posts a new part. I'm just like, eh, I've seen better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems like a cool dude. He seems like yeah, a really cool guy. Hey, so we're get, we got to wrap things up here because we're at an hour. But um, are you oh, okay. are you going to have a show at the end of this Kickstarter with all these oh. pieces any or new pieces that you're creating? Or, oh, no. Um, I'm not taking on a venture like that. <laughs> but oh, this, is all, I, this is all the artwork you've already done and you're putting it into a, a book? Yeah, oh, okay, so okay. The definitive collection of all of my work um, from the past two, two and a half years oh, I'm yeah, putting great, into great. one book. Um, it's the first time I've had my armor up series, like a lot of my depression stuff into the book. Uh, a big thing that another milestone in my life is having Derek Hess be involved with the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually yeah, one of my first great. main dude uh, man have you seen his when documentary he, uh yes uh yeah, he's good. he's amazing uh, he's so <laughs> he's so weird he kind of flies under the radar a little he bit does. i mean i mean i know he has a uh, a big fan base but you know i never hear about him it's like an unknown fan base like people when people see it they go oh that's yeah Flames yeah company. right right yeah, it's Derek Hester. Like, no shit. Yeah, his, like, stuff's, he's done- his stuff's really cool. I could, I could see the influence from you now that you mention it. Oh yeah, I know. Like a lot of people, like might tell them, like, yeah, he was like my first influence when I was eighteen, mm. and they're like, "Holy shit, you're right." And I kind of got away from it, but like, oh, it's cool. He's it's cool. You a can huge mental yeah. advocate. It's a, yeah, right, right. It's not a. Ri- I'm not saying you're rip ripping him off. It's like you could see that, but just like with any every artist, you can see their influences and they're even when they're doing their own stuff. So. That's that's funny. Right. You mention I, it. It's cool. It's uh, I think for a while, like you said before, like I had this. I'll make this real quick. I say it's a Plato theory of um, all these pieces of Plato are your influences, and as you mash it together initially, you see all the colors right. uh, of your influences. But as you keep molding that, as you progress, it becomes one big ball of shit that ends up being your style. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get some good analogies. <laughs> Yeah, that's fun. Theory, like they're like, wait, so your whole style is a piece of shit? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Basically. <laughs> okay, well, so do you do you want to give the info where you could find your Kickstarter or promote anything yeah. else that's going on or anything, any final words or whatever? Yeah. Uh, when is this air? What on the like in a week or so? Wednesday. No, in two days. days from now. Wednesday. Oh, okay, awesome. So I had this Kickstarter. If you go to Kickstarter.com. Uh, look up It's All in Your Head or Sean Koss. That's Koss, not Cross. Uh, it's, that's my goth alter ego. Um, <laughs> it's going on for 24 more days. Uh, it's all about my mental health, uh, my battle with depression, uh, Fear-tober. And if it hits a certain goal, I'll actually include my kindergarten book, which was my previous Kickstarter, which would be inside the book. So we've got 200-some pages. Excellent. Uh, I have uh, Cleveland Wizard World Comic Con this coming week. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Cleveland. It's March 2nd through 4th, I'll be at. In May, we will be returning to the Ars Memoria in Chicago. Me, Jay Ferguson, and Megan Rogers for the Exiled Part 2, which is going to be focused on mental health. Uh, half of every painting that's sold is going to go to uh, mental health. Uh, we're hmm. trying to figure out which organization, and then we're going to have a silent auction on a couple pieces that's going to go directly to the Jed Likeness uh, uh, go fund me. Oh, that's great. Excellent. Um, trying to think of, uh, I have a clothing line, aminclothing.com. <laughs> hey, what is that? Um, Say it again. What's the, a M 
inclothing.com. It's any right, means cool. necessary. All right. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube. I'm not original. It's just Sean Cost. Okay. Well, you could send uh, send us links, Facebook us links, and we'll have all your links in the uh, description yeah. of the, of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, shoot us a, shoot us an image too, uh, so we can have an image you'd like to have. Uh, yeah, whatever you about want. Thirty links. <laughs> I'm on Vero, <laughs> hey, Vero Oblivion. <laughs> yeah, whatever you whatever you want, we'll put it up. I don't know, guys. Well, thanks um, so much for for uh, coming on, man. It was great talking to you, yeah. and I'm totally uh, digging what you're doing. And I think this Kickstarter project's really cool, man. Um, congrats on the success. I think it's really important. I appreciate it. Um, again, it's a huge honor uh, just getting to do uh, have a conversation with you personally. Uh, it's uh, you know I'm getting to become friends with a lot of the artists I've looked up to. You, Alex Party, Michael Husser. Um, it's mind blowing that I'm actually like, okay, these people aren't pushing me away. Like some amateur now, like I'm actually like, they're yeah. okay. Talking. <laughs> they're <laughs> all, everybody's human. Everybody's human. Right. Yep. Bunch of fucked up artists. All right. And Mike, thank you also for helping me out and, uh, you know, offering just giving me that great advice you've been given so far. Absolutely. Dude, I'm stoked to get to finally work with you. You know, I backed your kindergarten Kickstarter and I thought that was such an awesome concept. And then you mm. cracked that book out and it was done. It was major. Like, Come on. Quick reward for Rub it in. Rub you it know, in. It was, <laughs> hey, I'm involved in all yours too. So it's not like I got any book in Slack. But, you know, <laughs> in a real time, others decided to like, oil paint a bunch of things. <laughs> It's kind of the reality. Is I've always wanted to get involved, so it's it's cool to be involved in this one, especially because I've had a lot of involvement with the the mental health thing through uh, lobbying for Morgan Geyser, Matt Geyser, and the Geyser family with the Slender Man situation and doing oh. the SlenderChance.com page for them. And so I've been, you know, in my own way, very much involved in that as well as in very many personal arenas that I won't go into on this show concerning mental illness. So it's fun to be involved on a project I believe in and be able to help promote that project and get that out there to people more people you know because the more awareness we spread the better it the better it'll be for everyone ultimately so yeah so it's super stoked to have you on here and then we're going to want to read off these uh, amazing patrons that are helping to support the show here once yeah, you sorry we sorry we forgot <laughs> sorry we forgot your names last week it won't happen again yeah. i hope it won't it won't <laughs> okay so so we're going to go from where we left off. It's everybody that I've got on the list up to this date. And then if there's anybody between here and later, we will add you as well. Chet looks like he's amping up to do some horrible sound. Here are the latest Patreon backers. <laughs> you got to use this sound effect. Holly <laughs> Michener, Jolly Roger, Ave Rose, Samantha Levin, Chrissy Whiskey, Douglas Lakota, Justin Slatum, Jeff Wilfgong, Ter Tom Eric Douglas Smith, Andriana Rosnick, Wesley Miller, and Adam Cooter. So thank you guys for what we're up to like 90, 90 uh, official Dark Heart Society members now. So yeah, we're pretty excited about that. And we're actually about to, Chet and I are going to record the mini podcast episode for the patrons that are at that tier here when we finish up doing this podcast episode. Yeah. So uh, join, if you haven't joined the, the, the Patreon, give it a, give it a, give it a dollar. 
if you don't mind. And also, if you also, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to pitch this for you, Chet. I'm going to pitch for, for Chet that he's, he just started a Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash Chet Czar. And you are going to have a sneak peek, all access pass in the world of Chet Czar. You're going to be able to see the process behind how he does what he does. You're going to see into his studio. You're going to be able to see all kinds of in progress paintings, tutorials on how to do work, like the kind of work that he's doing. It's going to be the most amazing thing ever i guarantee it so you should go and check that out and you should think about backing it because it helps chet to cover his bills so that he can create better artwork wow thank you i didn't uh expect that i appreciate it yeah it's gonna be cool and it's gonna be a lot more than it's starting out to be so i just wanted to say that it's <laughs> never mind it's okay. a work in progress <laughs> as he goes along so he's starting it but he's gonna just like it's gonna evolve it'll be even more amazing yeah but it is already amazing in my opinion so just get on that yes thank you i appreciate it all right well thanks mike for doing this with me and thank you sean for coming on and thank you so much and i guess i guess that's it right yeah, we'll catch you guys next Wednesday on another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us if you get an opportunity on iTunes. That is the best platform for helping us get that reach that we so desperately need to make this podcast get out to more people. Thank you so much. Catch you guys next week.